Welcome to the Life Coach Pod. For those of you who aren't keeping track, we always start with the date because it's super easy to forget where we are, who we are, and what we're doing these days. It is February, March 27th. It's a Friday, and I have to tell you, I was actually shocked to find out it was a Friday when I got on Twitter this morning because weekdays have really had no real meaning whatsoever. So, um, sorry, I need to turn off my phone too. Forgot that's going to make noise. Okay, so here we are with it. We're going to do a quick time capsule. And I generally go look at the news and so I can tell you what's going on so you don't really have to know the news, but there's some important things that I want to bring up. There's only two things today, thank goodness. One is that the, um, the checks that are supposed to come out for everybody. So if you've been paying attention to the news at all, even kind of randomly, you may have heard that there's been a big bill that's been passed that will send checks, relief checks out to everyone. So the reason that's important, that's supposed to help sustain us this economic downturn. Also, we all have an obligation to do what we can to earn money, obviously, but that's not necessarily so easy. <laughs> I know, many of us know. But here's the deal on the checks, and this is why it's really important. The checks are gonna be sent based on the information you provided in your 2019 tax return. Now, take a minute, because that is the same tax return that they just extended to uh, July 15th of this year. And California state tax has also been extended to July 15th. You need to check on your local state taxes to see how that works in those states that have state taxes. So our taxes aren't particularly due until July 15th, but that is how the IRS will know who to send checks to and how much to send. Now, if you haven't filed your 2019 taxes, as and I happen to be in that boat, um, then they will base it on your 2018 information. Again, the reason that's important is that the 2018 information may have changed. So A, you would have had to have filed your 2018 taxes. Nobody wants to know that I also haven't done that. So I guess he's gonna be spending some time with the books this next two weeks. But the 2018 taxes provide your address and that's information. They're going to be using your electronic banking information that you used in conjunction with filing your taxes. That makes a lot of assumptions that you use electronic filing. If you don't, your tax may be, your check may be delayed. The other thing you need to know is that the IRS has basically been crippled in this article. If you want to Google it, it's from Reuters. And it is, I mean, yeah, this one's from Reuters, right? Yeah, it's from Reuters. And the title is Hobbled IRS Tax Agency May Need Months to Get Americans Cash. So one of the things that's happened in the administ current administration is that the current leadership believes it, we don't need extra people to do things. So a lot of jobs have been un gone unfilled. And where we're standing right now with the IRS is that, well, we tend to not love these people when they do their jobs, when it involves auditing, they're actually critically important in processing our returns, our refunds, and our payments so that we look like we're in good standing. And they are low on folks. And so as a result, this new ask from Congress to get these checks out to everybody is putting a tremendous burden on an already strained governmental agency. This is all to tell you to not count your check until it arrives, because we have no idea when these checks might actually arrive, what condition they'll be in, and if you'll actually qualify based on myriad of information, including how much you've earned. Um, if you're a gig worker like I am, your tax return is really important because you didn't work. I don't. I didn't work at a place 
for, I haven't worked at a place for a while now. So I can't even get an employment because I was, I'm a gig worker and I work for money. Basically, that's how it works. I just work my time for money. So this is important. I don't want you to count on this money right now. I want you to pursue it. I want you to be aware of it and I want you to get your taxes done, but I want you to also be highly, highly aware. You may not get a check in the mail tomorrow. That's just not going to happen. So get your plans in order. Um, a lot of folks I know, families are pooling money. Families are helping each other. It's time to go suck up to those relatives. You may have been avoiding whatever it takes, but we're all in this together. We have to think positively and we have to help each other. So that's number one. The second big news that came out today is that the quietly the well environmental protection agency oh sorry it's talking it, it's i don't know why it's talking but what the environmental protection agency has put is suspending a huge number of Im, Im regulations that are here to protect us regulations that affect clean water clean air and more this is being done basically under the cover of pandemic um, yep, that's a little bit of a, a political spin, but there seems to be no other reason for it. You can look this article up in The Hill, and I'm going to start putting these on the blogs for each day so you can know what articles I'm citing. This one is uh, EPA suspends enforcement of environmental, uh, environmental laws and regulations amid coronavirus concerns. So the justification, and I am going to use air quotes for that because I think it's a crock, is that we, we, we put people at risk that have coronavirus if they have to pursue these regulations. The part of the logic in there, there's no logic in that. The fallacious logic here, the thing that's not true is that these regulations have been in place and it's not inconveniencing anyone to keep doing them other than the people who wanna move forward and save money by following the regulations. And you know who those folks are. Those are big corporations who honestly give no you know what's about our health and safety. If they did, they wouldn't even blink at continuing these regulations. What they're really worried about is um, protecting, what the EPA has been, it's, it's charted with is protecting human health and the environment, but because we have an administration right now that doesn't share those values, they've been, been asked to let the regulations lax. So I don't wanna create more anxiety as we're gonna talk about anxiety in a minute, but it is a big deal that these regulations are being let go. So I want you to take a look at that. Be aware. We might need to raise our voices. Those of us who have, um, we're now saying not shelter in place and not shelter at home, but stay safe at home. So those of us who are staying safe at home might have to raise our voices up about some of these changes that are being made that put us all at risk, including our future and our children. All right, there we go. Here, so what we have up today, um, we're going to have um, we're going to have a guest but i wanted to give you a, a little uh, look at what's coming up next week on monday i'm thinking we're going to call it a monday deep dive that's typically going to be me hosting uh, going into some thought-provoking work that's being done by futurists and people who are thinking about what the world's going to look like when this is over and it's a really meaty article and i want to go through it and have some discussions about it because i think it's incredibly thought-provoking and could lead to a bunch of new jobs for all of us and it aligns often with protecting the planet as well, which I think is a great opportunity to come out of this pandemic with a way to helpfully, hopefully, and helpfully save our planet. 
On Tuesday, we'll have Dr. Tom Mason. He is a veterinarian from San Francisco, a very highly regarded veterinarian from San Francisco, who happens to be from my old dorm floor. And he's agreed to come on and talk about taking care of our pets during this crisis, um, the effect of chemicals on our pets, those kinds of things that we may not be thinking about as we move forward. And then I'm working hard to get a friend of mine to come on the show and help me have some April Fool's fun on April Fool's Day. Um, just got a text. So I'm hoping that she'll be game and we'll have a good time. But today, because I know a lot of folks are feeling anxious and don't know what to do with that feeling, we have a guest, uh, actually a good friend of mine, Heidi Kornkowski. Yes, it took me three years to learn how to say that last name. Um, she is a behavioral coach for anxiety and she does coaching on the phone. She used to go out and coach you where you are, where you live, what your issues were, but now she's doing phone coaching, of course, and video coaching. And she's here today to talk to us about anxiety. Help, Heidi, welcome. Make sure you're off mute. Am I on? You're on. <laughs> well, I'm Heidi, and I'm, um, I am, like what Jen says, a behavioral coach. and. Um, Let's see. What I do <laughs> is I do go to people's um, houses and uh, work with them on um, all different kinds of anxiety disorders. And I um, also do, like what Jen said, uh, phone calls and video chats now because I can't go to their homes. Um, I started doing this, I think it was about five years ago. And um, I started it because I myself have panic disorder and anxiety disorder. And um, I, well, let's see, probably about 20 years ago, came down with that. Um, had wonderful family help, friends help, um, but it was something I had to do alone because I was feeling it alone. And um, nobody else could really understand what I was going through. I tried lots of, lots of many different things, medication, um, talk therapy, and after, Oh gosh, I want to say like 12 years or so. Um, I found uh, Dr. Dufford, who has offices in Los Gatos and in Santa Cruz, uh, or SoCal, California. And um, he is the one that really got me to thinking on how I need to get better. And basically, what I had been doing for all those years is, oh, give me some medicine, that'll make me feel better. Or, oh, I'll read a book and that should do it. No, I actually had to own my recovery. And so when I started actually doing the things that I was told to do, I started seeing little bits of improvement. And after about two years working with him, I can say now that, you know, I'm in, we call it recovery. And um, I haven't had a panic attack in many, many years. And um, it was, well, maybe six months after I stopped seeing Dr. Dufford, he asked me to come on his team and be um, his behavioral coach. So um, that's what I've been doing for about five years. And it's been amazing for me because not only am I helping people and giving to people who suffer through um, horrible anxiety, panic attacks, OCD, you name it, um, I'm also able to repeat myself every day as I do when I work with people throughout the day. And that helps me out as too, you know, uh, with not going backwards, always moving forward. So, um, yeah, I've been doing it for about five years and I absolutely love it. So while you've never shared anybody's names with me, you have shared some of your successes and I think they're amazing. So things like people who are afraid of driving, you've helped them move through that 
that, which I can't even imagine getting over that kind of fear if that's something that you have. People who have fear of germs, um, you help with those people who, who hoard. Yes. So you have so all, all kinds of folks. Anxiety manifests in a lot of different ways, right? It does. And so um, under the anxiety is like an umbrella. And under the umbrella of anxiety, you have panic disorder, hoarding, um, let's see, OCD, although they've now taken that out of the anxiety umbrella, but it's still treated as, as such. Um, you have skin picking, um, hit and run OCD. I mean, there's, there's so many different um, aspects to all of, you know, the panic, what kind of panic? You have agoraphobia. OCD has at least 17 different kinds of uh, OCD types. Then you have um, just obsessions, and there's 17 different kinds of obsessions, not, you know, including the ritual. So there's a lot of different um, topics that we put under the umbrella of anxiety. And that's how we treat it that way. And one of the things we're likely to see, and I'm just from the reading I've done, is that people are now in a in an environment that could cause a lot of stress. They're afraid yes. of the unknown. And yes. so that this any of the anxiety is really a typically a reaction to what lack of control and a feeling of just uh, yeah, is it lack of control? What is it? Stress and lack of control? So what anxiety is, it's an emotion, okay? And um, it's one that is, you know, what we, we base when we say, oh, you have anxiety is because it's an emotion where we have excessive worry, excessive, you know, thoughts about things that could go wrong. And that can also change our physical uh, body as well with high blood pressure, things like that. And um, the reason why we get these, I mean, we can say, sure, some people have a chemical, you know, imbalance. Some people are just more prone to it. The way we were raised, there's so many different reasons as to why somebody has anxiety and somebody doesn't. But basically it boils down to that, you know, back in the caveman days, um, we had a flight or fight mechanism that was built into us. So that if we came into a cave and we saw a saber-toothed tiger, we would get a little bit of extra adrenaline pumped to us because we would either fight it or we would either flight and run away. You just said so, a little bit of adrenaline. You mean yeah. like we usually get a dump. Actually, it's a very small amount, but what happens is it gives us that energy to do what we need to do. Nowadays though, we're not fighting saber-toothed tigers. So usually on a daily basis, we don't really need to have that flight or fight go off. There are times when we do like car accidents, things like that, but on a daily basis, we don't really need it. But what we've done instead is we've inundated ourselves with worries such as the news and what's going on right now. And you know, whether my kid's gonna graduate from high school or whether my child's gonna get a job. We, we're so worried about all these things and we just ruminate on these worries and go over and over that what happens is that fight or fight in our brain, because we still have it, thinks, oh my God, there's something terrible that's happening right now. I've got to squirt you a little bit of adrenaline. And so once that happens, then the anxiety, the anxiety just goes longer and longer and longer. It can also lead to panic disorder, which is what happened to me, um, into all, all a bunch of other disorders. But if we just stay on the topic of anxiety, it can just prolong that anxiety. And you start getting into a, a circle, a vicious circle, and you can't get yourself out of it. So I know you have some advice for us, but I want to ask you one more question because I think this is so common. Right now, so many people are at home. They're literally safe at home. And yet, for some reason, the minute you feel the most safe, 
seems to be when your brain, brain goes, no, 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 now you need to panic. What is that correlation between literally being safe and yet your brain saying, now I can get you? Right. Well, so what happens is we want our brains to be, we want to be in that calm state. I mean, ideally, that's what we want to be throughout our entire life. We can't achieve that. I mean, some people, monks can, but um, (laughs) we can. So what happens is we get into this safe place. We're like, okay, this is my safe place. This is my safe home. But our brains still keep going. They ruminate with those thoughts. And we haven't been taught. Most people have not been taught how to stop the thought or how to do some of these other things that we'll talk about to help ease and lower the brain function. It's not function, but get it into a lower state so that it can kind of calm itself, rebuild itself back up, and then it can move forward. And of course, this is all super important. So we have strong immune systems, so we're not wasting cycles on crazy thinking. Yeah, and I don't mean crazy thinking bad, yeah anxiety ridden and you've got so much anxiety going on number one it's very difficult to focus on the here and now and and your family and that depletes a lot of what we need to fight certain you know illnesses um our brains can't be focused on fighting illness if we're just so wrapped up in the worry and the anxiety great okay so this is that's a really good um overview for folks that are wondering what this feeling is as a person myself i have those mini panic attacks where I get the shot of adrenaline. I want to just, I just sweat and I'm hot and I can't breathe and my skin is weird. And then, and then never fails after I get through the panic attack. I have that tremendous fatigue as that adrenaline leaves my body. And it's like, I just need to take a nap and typically not something that's an option at the time. So what, what are your tips? What are some suggestions you have for us that to help with managing this anxiety through these odd times? Well, the first thing I want to say is I really want people to start looking at anxiety as it's energy. It's just energy throughout our body. And I know uh, your first guest, Ron, Ronald, uh, talked yeah. about energy as well. And, it, and if you can look at the anxiety as it, it's just energy and it actuality, it's the same energy that you have if you want, if you're feeling joyful or if you're excited about something, our brains just connect it to anxiety. And so if you're starting to feel this energy when you wake up in the morning, let's say you feel it in your chest, what, what is a really good thing to do is just say, oh, wait a minute. Instead of saying, oh my God, this is anxiety. And you're starting to ramp up that flight or fight. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We say, wait, this is just energy. It's uncomfortable, but I can handle uncomfortable. And you know what? I'm going to actually see my kids that are in the next room and I'm going to be in the moment and, and excited about playing with them. So I'm really excited about it. So I'm switching that energy up to I'm going to be feel excited. Now it is a hard thing to do and it takes practice, but might as well start now and just look at your anxiety instead of labeling it as anxiety and that it's bad, look at it as it's energy and I can make it whatever energy I want for the day. So the first one's awareness. So awareness and then a conscious decision about what you experience. Exactly. And then there's some, you know, definite things. And the first and foremost is set limits on watching and listening to the news. Not just the news about the virus, but news in general, especially right now. Um, And the stock market and the economy. We really limit, limit that. Because I think what's happening is, you know, people are grabbing their phone and there's so many articles out there on all of this stuff right now. 
the articles pretty much say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a few difference, you know, but they pretty much say the same thing. And so we don't need to read that all day long. That's just amping up and getting our adrenaline ready to pop. So I would say limit that. And I, I know my friend Jen there, you're not going to like this, but once or twice a day tops. Actually, you gave me that advice early on and I have really limited to in the morning and when I'm done with my work in the, in the evening, I'm trying to just really limit, not have the noise on, listen to music instead. It's it's made a big difference. Thank you. Um, Then the other thing is to, uh, the next one is to be in the gate, engaged in the here and now. A lot of times we, uh, most of the time we as a society are not being present and in the moment. And lots of ways you can do that. You, if, if you're able to get outside and take a walk, even if it's just in your backyard, but to engage your five senses, what am I smelling? You know, is that cut grass or, you know, is those the roses over there? What do I see? What does that flower look like? That is engaging in the moment. Um, if you're playing a game with one of your kids, you know, um, you're engaging in, oh my gosh, you know, Billy just beat my butt. I mean, really engaging in the moment and not just being there, being present. Um, the one thing I would definitely talk about taking walks is nature grounds us. It truly does. Um, there have been studies that if you put your feet on grass, um, even if you put a little bit of cold water on it, it grounds us to the to the earth. Um, my bare uh, feet? So go put my toes right in the lawn? Yes. It's huge. And that can calm us instantly. And so that just grounds us to, to you know, the earth. And, and it just gets us that calm. The more we have those moments of, throughout the day that's a lot better than feeling this you know energy that we're having a hard time getting out of the anxiety world so definitely um i would go on walks and and being in the moment um then the next one is to take a look and be grateful um it's hard to be grateful during this time because there is a lot of sad stuff happening but be grateful that you know you are with your kids or that you, you know, are are speaking to your family or if you're by yourself, you know, that you can speak to your family, be grateful for your phone. There's so many things to be grateful for. I'm grateful that I have a brownie mix that I'm going to bake as soon as I get done, you know, just whatever it is, be grateful for that. Because I think that, um, how many times have we said, oh, I wish I didn't have to go to work for two weeks. Well, we're here. So (laughs) instead of saying, oh my gosh, I want to go back to work. I want to go back to work, which I do. But Instead of that saying, well, wait a minute, I can actually take a nap today. I can take a nap every single day. And I've been wanting that for years. So take that nap and be grateful, you know. Actually, that grateful, it's funny, Heidi, because they're changing that that hashtag instead of shelter at home. It's safe at home, which is exactly that pivot you're talking about, which is it's not the punishment of shelter. No, it's the gift of safety, which is a really nice gratitude way to say what we're doing right now. And, and that change up right there is exactly what I was talking about, about changing the way you feel this energy in your body. Is you, you change the way this, you speak it. And your yeah. brain does connect to that. Um, other things, while you're at home and being grateful, there's a couple of things that you can definitely do. I don't know if anybody likes to knit or crochet, but it's huge. Also, baking is huge. Because what that does is it gives you the mode of creation. Okay, so you're creating something. How can you, well, I don't want to say how can you feel anxiety when you create, because you can, I know I've experienced it, but it helps. So creating something, and then when you're done with the finished project, it's always a, you know, exciting, like, oh, look what I made, and I can use it, especially if you make brownies, you know, you can eat it, and that feels good, you know? 
So, um, and they have done studies actually on baking and on knitting um, that it does calm anxiety. And getting your hands in there and working with your hands, that's also being present and in the moment. So that's those so it's such good advice because I watched my daughter yesterday. I was like, where did she go? She's in the backyard and she's flower arranging. Yes. And, and she spent hours on it. But then, and then we got the gift of the arrangements she brought in, which were beautiful, smelled amazing. And she actually did something creative with a nice outlet. Like it was really productive. Gardening. You, if, you, if you have a chance to pull weeds, I've done that a number of times out here. Gone out and pulled some weeds, just, you know, a few at a time. It just... Again, that grounds us to nature, and that, that's going to be truly helpful with our anxiety. Um, let's see. Another really good um, suggestion is have sex, because we all know that, you know, ups the dopamine and endorphins and, ox, you know, oxytocin. I can't pronounce oxytocin. Oxytocin? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it, it's hard, because when we're feeling anxiety, the last thing we want to do is have sex. But... If we can get, you know, past that and just start with the process and, and have it, they, you can look online. There's actually six, they've said, proven um, positions that can ease anxiety. I won't go into them, but um, hey. That would be on our paid podcast. <laughs> yes. yes. If you've got your, your partner with you and who can ask, you have all this time, you know, have a little bit of sex. It'll definitely help. Um, and then the other thing is doing for others. Now, how can we say, how can I do for others if I'm here in my home alone? A phone call is huge. Just to call and say, or text message. Hey, I've been thinking of you. Doing for others, it makes us feel good and it's definitely gonna make the per other person feel good. Especially people that maybe you haven't seen in a, a while, you haven't talked to, or maybe any older folks that you know might be you know, by themselves and don't have other, you know, family members that you might know, your next door neighbor, if you know their number, give them a call or text them. And that's always going to make them feel good in and it'll make you feel good too. Um, and then I think really the last thing is for those and those who are not, um, I think your spiritual well-being has to come into play here. Um, whether you believe in a higher power or not, um, I, I'm going to talk for the believing in the higher power first. It's that is where, you know, you definitely can go to, to get, you know, your peace and your calmness. For those that don't believe in a higher power, you know, I think that anything is a higher power. You know, if it's, if you're, if you don't believe in a God type of thing, well, what is it that you do believe in? You know, do you believe in being kind to other people? Do you believe in, you know, whatever it is, really focus on that because that of course is what gives us hope and what gets us through the, our, our regular day. That's, uh, Heidi, that's such a good list. And that, that spiritual component, like you said, whatever it is for you, nature, um, trusting in humanity, energy, science, whatever it is that provides right. you with that sense of um, purpose and security, I think is really important to tap. The other right. thing is that um, you and I are, neither of us are doctors, but we both have experience with medications that help with these kinds of things. And mm -hmm. I wanted to just bring up the idea of if, if you know somebody who maybe isn't going to be able to refill their medications like they want to or might be struggling we know from our experience the idea is not to go cold turkey if you can is to absolutely go ahead. yeah you want to talk about that because you watch clients to go through this 
And um, yes, you know, I just have to put this out there. I'm not a doctor, so I don't give advice on medication. But what I can say is that if you are on medications right now, and you are having a hard time, um, you know, getting uh, prescriptions refilled or what have you, call out to your friends and family, you know, they might have extra that they don't use anymore, or they might be able to go pick them up for you. Um, you call that doctor over and over again. You do not want to go cold turkey off of any kind of medication. Um, it is just, it, it can do more harm than good. And on the other note, if you're feeling like you need something, absolutely call your doctor up. And I think at this point in time, you know, doctors understand that and will give you something maybe over the phone type of thing. And this is, a, I just wanted to bring it up because it's an important one where we may not, we may suddenly realize a friend of ours is struggling in a way we're not, we're not used to seeing that makes no sense to us. It's going to sound, they might sound paranoid or super depressed and it's okay to ask them if they're in, in trouble around their meds because meds, once you're on them, going off of them without a plan is really, really has bad consequences. And listen to that in your friends' voices. Listen, do that reality check because they may have just decided to let it slide or too afraid to leave the house to get them. Absolutely. And, like, and to Heidi's point, we're all in this together and meds are an important component of what's happening here for people who rely on them. Absolutely. So really listen to your friends and how they're talking and how their moods are going. So I'm going to open up the line to, let me see if I can get back to my sharing. I'm going to open up the line to... Um, taking questions and that what that really means when I say I'm opening up the line it means you can now jump in you can chat if you're too shy to talk to um, share your camera or you could just come on the line you can unmute yourself and just talk or you can unmute yourself and share your camera it's all up to you and whoever would like to jump in can jump in y'all are gonna be shy It's okay, I can edit this crap, you people. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. You can't do it wrong. Okay. Uh, this is, the, you do the anxiety show and then everybody has too much anxiety to come on the line. It's classic. Well, that's still okay because I think what you share, shared today, Heidi, was huge. And I know that you are um, open to clients right now. I've provided a link so that resources available so people can come and, and book time with you if they need actually some, uh, some work, they wanna do some work and, and process through what's going on with them right now. And then I wanna remind everybody that on Monday, we will be talking about, I found this, it's the most fascinating article about, um, I forget who did it, but they went and asked all these futurists and people who understand patterns of our culture, anthropologists, all these interesting folks. And this article is massive. So I want to go through it bit by bit and, and, and talk about it and, and maybe take a look at what we might manifest as we move into the future, what that might mean. So I'll be doing that starting on Monday. Oh, did somebody, somebody have a question? Bill, did you have a question? I, I just really liked what she said about um, recognizing that anxiety is just energy. So accept that energy and put it into something else. That was a very important thing for me. That's it's great. Very simple, but it was very it was very important. And now you know I'm thinking, okay, this this is a a, a good a good way to flip it. 
that was that was a life me when I when I realized that this was just energy that was in me. It did not have to be labeled as anxiety. Right. That was really that made a big change in me right there. <laughs> it was great. I'm so glad. Fantastic. Thanks, y'all. Okay, so um Come back on Monday, and then we're going to have, I'm lining up good guests. I'm so thrilled people are wanting to come on the show and to talk. And then again, I'm going to encourage folks, follow me on Twitter. We have a good time on Twitter. Yes, I'm only doing it twice a day, Heidi, in the morning and at night. And, um, and uh, we'll see you there. And I want to thank everybody for coming today. Thanks for making it a great show. See you next week.